You are listening to the Therefore I Geek podcast, episode 39. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Therefore Geek. I'm Andrew. And I'm Tracy. And we're today we're going to be doing another one of our uh, movie discussions. Uh, this time we have, we, I say we, I have picked and Tracy has watched uh, Star <laughs> Trek The Motion Picture. Yes. Uh, and apparently you hate me for this? Okay, so... <laughs> So I understand while we're setting up this this is this is the message I get over Facebook. So I'm I'm curious to see what she what she's got to say about it. Um so what do you have to say for yourself? I, huh? Huh? Uh, what do you say? <laughs> say it, say it. I'm really sad that I watched this on Netflix because if I had had it on disc, I could have watched it at one and a half speed, and I think it would have been a fantastic movie. But you wanted it to at be the, longer? Or no, I'm sorry, oh. one and a half oh, quicker. Oh, okay. Like one and a half less. So it it was a perfectly good movie, except it felt like it was in slow motion the whole time. Um, yeah, very, very dramatic pauses in everything. So I was just kind of going, oh, can I fast forward this? I bet I could fast forward this. Well, I'll watch it. So I did. But yes, I would have liked to see this movie at about, yeah, a little bit quicker. So Twice as fast or so. I- I think what the best way to describe this film, and and, and I'll give you guys a, a brief overview for those who haven't seen it in just a second here, but it really feels like an episode of Star Trek. Oh like, yeah, like a, like a, an, an an elongated episode of Star Trek combined with two thousand and one. The yeah, the that's a great assessment. Fiction film, and, and and in part I say that because it has a lot of the elements for a Star Trek episode. In fact, it was actually originally intended as the pilot episode for a new Star Trek series. That was actually how it was written. Mm-hmm. Having said that, it's also got a lot of those those very long, dramatic moments that you mentioned that, that 2001 is really well known for, uh, especially the, the, the last 20 minutes of, the, of, of 2001, all the Star Child stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Part of why I wanted Tracy to uh, to watch this is to kind of get a, a a context for it, right? So this is nineteen seventy 1970- for Star Trek. Well, for Star Trek, nineteen. So so the movie was released in 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 seventy nine, mm-hmm. and normally I actually I actually watch the director's cut. Um, I have it on DVD, uh-huh. and I I prefer the director's cut. I did read that. Um- there was some disappointment in the theatrical version, and many people said the director's cut was the movie that should have been made in the first place. So I understand that. Well, the director's cut sh- is what should have been made. It, it it couldn't have been made. Like they they actually went back to, and redid a lot of the shots for the director's cut in like the early two thousands. Oh, I did not know that. So, yeah. So what makes the that's part of what makes the director's cut so great is is not that the effects look better, 
or like, or that they like they're more modern. They actually made a, a very um, concerted effort to keep the effects to look the same. Mm-hmm. They just made them better, that better quality shots and things like that. Yeah, and and they added in a couple of of quick scenes that I think were I thought were nice, but um, no. So it was 1979. It was two years after Star Wars, so science fiction films were getting greenlit all over the place. Mm-hmm. And it's something like 13 years after the original series ended. Yeah, it's it's quite a while. Right, so 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 Star Trek has, had been in syndication most of that time, and I guess there had been there had been on and off talks since then about doing another series, about doing another, about doing a film. Back and forth and back and forth for for years, and finally, when when Star Wars blew up like it did, Paramount went ahead and, and greenlit Star Trek. Mm-hmm. And, and, I mean, yep. some some of that has to do with uh, the fact that they were at the time trying to launch a television network. Like I said, this was originally supposed to be the pilot episode for a new Star Trek series, mm-hmm. and obviously, years later, Paramount launched its own network. Uh, I think now is, I think technically now it's the CW. Oh, that makes sense. I think that's what it morphed in. I think, I think currently that's where it ended up. It used to be UPN, the United Paramount Network. Mm -hmm. And when UPN launched, it actually launched with a Star Trek show. Oh. Star Trek Voyager launched, launched UPN. Wow. Did not know that. Yeah. Well, so originally this was intended for... Like I said, the pilot of a, of a show to launch this new Paramount network that never happened. Well, that explains the scope of the script for sure. Also, kind of explains why it was a little why it feels so elongated. Yeah, as though it was a pilot and they just kind of filled in some time. Yeah, that makes that makes sense. So I know that William Shatner has never been noted necessarily for his acting abilities, but they were particularly heinous. <laughs> I think in this um, in this movie there are you good want to see particularly heinous. Get we'll wait till we get to Star Trek Five. Oh, I great. will I will make you watch the like the uh, not the commentary <laughs> but the behind the scenes features. And it it's the problem is it's not an acting problem. There is a seventeen minute interview with Shackner that should take four. Oh, it's just the way that he is. It's the way he fucking talks. <laughs> Well, that explains quite or, a bit. At least, it, at least at the time it was. I don't know if it still is. Yeah. You know, I I never watched Boston, uh, Boston Legal. Yeah. I, well, and some of it does feel as though he's being directed to be very dramatic. They're all doing this. I mean, all of the characters are well, except possibly Spock, are taking these pregnant pauses to just stare at each other, and um, the extended sequences of. Um, watching the Enterprise go past as it pulls out of um, port for the first time, or out of dock, and then the um, as they're kind of flying over V'ger for the very first time, and um, everybody's just it, 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 Elia particularly Ilya. the um, Elia. I'm sorry, the um, I, I don't even know what role she plays. What does she do? Navigator. She sits at a yeah navigator. Okay, um, she just keeps gasping but it's like the same gasp it almost looks like they take the same piece of um, film and they just kind of plug it in every time they come up over a new horizon i'm not sure um 
but yeah, there's there's a lot of just everyone in silence sort of staring and their eyes get bigger and then they get smaller again and they get bigger. And I'm going, okay, well, every t- and then every time it switches back to the cabin instead of these, you know, um, sort of epic views of the of this, um, not really a ship. What would you call that? I mean, it's it's a probe, I guess. Well, no, it's the former probe, but so so let's let's take a moment and explain explain the plot here because yeah, <laughs> probably best to start there and then move from there. Right. So this is several years after the end of the original series. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like the actual 13 years that it was in, in real life. 12, 13 I think years. it's what, like two or three? Uh, it's probably more like five. Okay. So so the original series is, is the Enterprise on a five-year mission. Uh, and the, seri- the original series ends before the end of the five-year mission. So there's probably about a year left of the five-year mission. And after after the five-year mission... Kirk is promoted to admiral and is the the Starfleet chief of staff. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the Enterprise undergoes a refit. And at the end of this refit, uh, this th- thing, and I, and I say that because there's a, an interesting discussion use, using that word. Yes. Uh, this thing is uh, is on a direct course for Earth. Like it always fucking is. Of course. But at the same time, I mean, obviously, Captain Kirk is no longer in charge of the Enterprise. So there's a new captain of the Enterprise, supposedly. Right. right. So so Captain Captain Decker, who is played by uh, Stephen Collins. Uh, most, most people our age would probably know, at least m- most women our age would know him as the, the dad from Seventh Heaven. Yes. Uh, and I say that because I have a younger sister, and I watched a lot of that show. <laughs> yes. Um. So, at any rate, so uh, Kirk goes. Kirk basically takes control of the takes control back of the Enterprise, and goes out to meet this thing as it approaches Earth. Much to Decker's dismay, he is not happy about the situation at all. He's no. He, I mean, I believe Kirk also recommended him to be the new captain of the. Enterprise, so he feels hurt by that. Um, of course, the Enterprise has been completely refitted, so um, Kirk's excuse that he knows the Enterprise better than anyone really, uh, Decker believes, holds no weight. Yeah, he, he's pretty peeved about that situation. Yeah, and, and as a side note, uh, Decker is actually a throwback to an original series episode. Um, his father is uh, Commodore Matt Decker, who was in, I think, the Doomsday Device, Doomsday Machine, something like that. Um, mm-hmm. Basically, he, he kind of goes, he goes nuts, and is attacking this alien. Had nothing, nothing to do with Vidra, but uh, this this alien uh, Doomsday Doomsday weapon. Ah, yeah. Um, and ends up ends up getting killed in the episode. Oh wow! Did wow? Well, that gives a little bit of backstory. Yeah, so the, um, so yeah, so if you know if you know Star Trek that that actually actually lends a little bit uh to 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 Decker's feelings towards Kirk. Yeah. So, um Decker is unhappy that Kirk is taking command again and then of course towards the beginning of the movie, um Captain Kirk makes um an almost fatal error in commands that he gives. 
um, not under or, or I should say underestimating the amount of um, changes that have been made to the enterprise and underestimating the fact that they've because of the danger that is at hand heading for earth um, they've had to kind of pull out of dock before the ship is completely ready to go yep so he insists that they um, thrust the engines up to warp speed and there's a malfunction and well first there's a malfunction with the transporter so they end up killing a Vulcan um, they, they, they end up killing the, the the replacement science officer because Spock is actually off on Vulcan. Uh, learning how to not be emotional uh, effectively effectively not not to not to return to starfleet right right um actually he's not the only one the chief medical <laughs> officer also didn't intend uh, to ever I return love, to starfleet i love i love to force kelly so much <laughs> and in, fa- I, in fact i mean the the, the kirk spock mccoy yeah, that's the one thing i really kind of miss yes in the, in the new star trek films and i and i understand why they why they move uh, Uhura into the uh, the McCoy slot, where it's yeah. In the, in the first in the first movie, there was a little bit of a almost love triangle, mm-hmm. almost because you know Kirk was just hitting on Uhura mostly, and she was just blowing him off, which I thought was funny to start with. Yes. Um, but also, it it gives a little bit of a, it gives a, a different feel, a different dynamic, which is which is I I can totally respect for the movie new movies wanted to do something different but at the same time i really missed that 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 brotherly back and forth between the three of them yeah especially well, especially especially mccoy and and spock um uh, mccoy is one of my fa- top favorite characters in the original series especially just this the, the things he says uh one one of my favorite lines out of this entire film is uh they're reporting that there are no casualties, and 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 he interprets this wrong. <laughs> there are my wits, as in scared <laughs> out of them. And I I deliver yeah. that terribly, but it's just the way he it delivers. is hilarious. He he does have a great delivery, and he's a great foil for Kirk because Kirk is a little full of himself, and by a little I mean a lot. Yes. Um. So and he kind of keeps him grounded and and calls him out on stuff, and then Kirk respects. McCoy enough to at least take it under advisement if he doesn't always immediately take it to heart. Very true. Uh, that is one thing I, I the new the new films I think did really well is Carl Urban plays a spot on McCoy. Yes, he really does. Um, but in general, I just I I like McCoy. I like his annoyance that he has to. Um, be back on the Enterprise, and then at the same time, he really does want to be the little-known, seldom-used reserved activation clause, <laughs> as, yeah. as he put it. Um, I was drunk. Yeah, and he—I mean, he's so 1970s. He walks in with that giant hair. Oh my gosh! Fu- I, know. And, I barely and, recognized him. And the 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 gold chain with the giant medallion on it, and the yes. shirt the shirt cut down to his sternum. Oh God! Oh fuck! <laughs> He was clearly in retirement. Um, but while we're talking about the clothing, can we really quickly reference the one-piece suits that all of the people were wearing? Yep. That yeah, no, had, that's fine. Uh, there were so many schlongs on full display. So, I mean... So, so I mean, not the specific reason you just pointed out, but <laughs> and that's why there was the, the, the change in costume with Star Trek Two moving forward. Good. That, that Starship, because the that needed picture, to happen. Yeah, the motion picture stuff was, was pretty rough. 
some of the, the more prominent characters had kind of a sort of a tunic-y thing on top of it with sort of it almost looked like um an untucked uh button-down shirt sort of the the tail in the front and the back um and that that worked very well to kind of balance that out but there were oh i felt so bad for some of the extras it's in the i think the first 10 minutes or so they're trying to get the enterprise ready really fast because they have 12 hours to pull out of port and stop this you know thing and there's this one guy that's pulling down some sort of a, a beam or something and then he walks off and I'm like, whoa, okay, well, oh, that's this kind of movie, okay. Right. <laughs> and then um, there's also when, uh, Ca- this is also going to refer to a funny thing, when Captain Kirk is giving everyone the pep talk on the bridge and um, everyone in the front row, I'm just like, oh, okay, maybe they should have put women in the front row for this one. Um, and then actually what's kind of funny about that one is there's a little bit of a continuity problem in that Ahura walks off the side of the bridge twice. She walks off partly through his speech. And then again, at the end when everyone's kind of milling around, she walks off again, which is kind of funny. Um, yeah. I mean, that, that kind of thing happens sometimes. Um, so this back to the, the plot, the, the thing that, uh, that, that the crew is out trying to, to save the earth from this time is an alien it's it's a ship inside of this energy field energy cloud yeah uh and w- once they get inside uh they discover it is uh called Viger. Uh basically one of the crew members uh Tracy uh, mentioned earlier Lieutenant Ilea who's the new navigator mm-hmm. uh is basically taken by the probe and a copy is returned to the enterprise as kind of a, a scout to to learn about the the Enterprise crew, and uh, they find out through through her that the 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 craft they are inside is called Viger. Uh, mm-hmm. And I mean, we'll, we'll go ahead and talk about it because this movie came out in fucking nineteen seventy nine. Yep, it's it's not a goddamn spoiler at this point. Um. And V'ger, in the end, it turns out, is the Voyager 6 space probe, uh, which didn't actually exist. But it's the Voyager 6 space probe that was uh, was lost I think, through a black hole, is what they said. It ended up at the this, this alien planet that was entirely machine life. And so... They looked at it as as a, a kindred spirit and uh, built it this ship and helped it helped it advance and 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 evolve. And now Voyager has has reached kind of the the pinnacle of its of its evolution and it wants to go further. It needs to answer questions: uh, Who am I? Why am I here? The, you know the kind of question the the deep philosophical questions we te- you know we tend to ask ourselves. Voyager well, has, it's, has gotten its to whole point. mission. Yeah, it, its original mission was to collect data, and so learn all there I, is I'm, to learn all that is learnable. Right, and um, and the original idea was that it passed it back, of course, to NASA and and the. Well, I don't know. Is there a NASA in this in the Star Trek universe? Whatever the well, its it, original. It, yeah, it, no, it would have been. It was NASA. Okay, um, so pass that back to scientists on Earth, and then as these this alien life or this alien planet, um, I'm assuming upgraded its memory because otherwise how would it store all of this information? Um, 
gave it the opportunity and the ability to gather more. And then with the accumulation of too much data, it eventually uh, evolved and became conscious. So it's actually li- sort of living. It is. I guess. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that goes that goes to one of the one of the, the the common topics of Star Trek is what does it what does it mean to be alive? What is life? Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. Um, Next generation goes into that a lot with uh, with data. Yeah. I have to say that just talking about V'ger for a second, I really the effects on this were not always amazing. Um, I don't. There wasn't anything that was quite as bad as for instance uh, the original tron but the the gaping sort of maw of viger as they're entering into it and they get caught in a tractor beam when they're pulled in um was really interesting it kind of looked like either maybe the mouth of an octopus or a starfish some underwater creature yes um, and just kind of the curling outward with the glowing green was really cool looking and that was one time when I think the extended scenes of just kind of the Enterprise looking so tiny. And it's a huge ship, you know. I mean, this gigantic ship. Yeah, they, got did, a lot of they did some really great great shots for, for scale and perspective. Yeah, that was really, really neat. Um, definitely worth a couple of, you know, another extra half a minute of just kind of watching that mouth expand and then suck the, the Enterprise into the center. But yeah, I, I I thought that part was cool. Other other exterior views of Vijer were less inspiring, but that one was awesome. Yeah, so you 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 mentioned earlier though about the uh, all the shots of the Enterprise flying by and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So part of the reason for that though is because you know, they, they've they've completely redesigned the ship for this movie. So uh, these are and what, they wanted you to see it, right? Uh, I've heard these referred to as like beauty shots, that kind of stuff. I mean, and, and mm-hmm. you know, these are these were done all. It's nineteen seventy nine. So they're all done with models, so these these shots are just gorgeous. Yeah, no, they absolutely are. Do not get me wrong; they're definitely um, worth some time. But it almost makes you want to ask for um, almost a, a semi documentary that just has those shots in it instead, kind of. Uh, because I think that Star Trek fans, diehards like you, Andrew, would be really interested in seeing something like that, um, but and it wouldn't therefore slow down the movie itself. Yeah. Now, now personally, I actually I was really, and and a lot, I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that I'm I'm not a huge uh, original series fan. Like, it's 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 not not my probably not my number three, number three, number four, honestly. Um. And not 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 because I think it's bad. It's just uh, there are certain other Star Trek series I like better. Um, but when it comes to like that original Enterprise, like this is the original Enterprise I really like. Is the, is mm-hmm. the is the Constitution refit as opposed to the original one? So yeah, I, I really love those those shots. Character development. Decker was an interesting guy with an interesting past. And I mean, they, they really spent some time developing this alternative captain of the enterprise, even though he wasn't, he was commander uh, during this, this movie, obviously. Um, what, give me some of your takes on him as, as a relatively new member of the, the Star Trek universe. Um, that's a good question. I mean, I think 
to a less to a lesser extent than un, in other situations, both the character I think and the actor had had a little bit of a, a difficult time finding their place. You know, you've got these these actors who've been who were together for three years on the show, and these characters who 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 have been together for longer than that supposedly, and then you've got this this new person coming in and they've got to kind of kind of especially especially once the entire crew is back together so originally like decker takes decker's in command but kirk's not there spock's not there mccoy's not there so the the three real driving personalities behind that group are are gone and then when the three of them are now back together he he's he's kind of sidelined like Mm -hmm. he's there and he plays an important role especially kind of both giving giving Kirk a little bit of a foil in terms of, you know, it's Kirk, it's the Enterprise. Of course he knows what's you know, he knows the ship and crew better. Well no, he doesn't. You know, it it, it, it help he helps def- for the movie define that Kirk is, is a little bit off his game. Kirk is still the far more experienced officer. And there are a couple times where, where Kirk's experience comes into play and is more useful. Mm-hmm. But at the same time Kirk is not Kirk is not the same Kirk that he was in the original series. Yeah. And I appreciate that they took the time to highlight that that he isn't always the um the chosen one. Kirk isn't, I mean. And yeah. that it they they and I think this speaks to a lot of what you often say about Star Trek in that they show a more truthful version of community. Um, and humanity trying to be better than a lot of other shows do. It's I, I don't know. There's something a little bit more. Um, I, I guess truthful is the best word. That there are no real chosen ones. You know, there are people that are have varying degrees of capabilities and talents, skill, and drive, ambition. But there's no chosen savior of humanity. And to point out that anybody who sinks their life into it. Decker, just as much as Kirk, can know um, their shit very well. They can make the right decisions at the right time that fix problems with the um, with the warp drive, that kind of thing. Well, the other thing that Decker does really well, <clears throat> you mentioned kind of the, the Gene Roddenberry view of humanity being mm-hmm. being just generally good and, and, and better. And I think I think Decker, especially in this film, kind of personifies that Gene Roddenberry idea. You know, he's removed from being the captain, but he still serves to the best of his ability, even though it, it, it obviously bothers him to do to, to, to still be in that position. Yep. After V'ger takes Ilea and the probe is back, he's tasked with showing Ilea, you know, the Ilea probe around the Enterprise and, and, and teaching her about humanity. Mm-hmm. And, and, yeah, he's upset for a moment, but instead of being bitter and doing a poor job, he he does his best to do what he knows he needs to do. Yeah. And he, uh, not just with Ilea, although that's an excellent, I mean, and of course that's the, the crux of the movie, but also um, there is a moment when uh, right after the, um, the warp drive creates a wormhole and they get sucked in and almost hit an asteroid and, and all perish, 
Kirk gives the incorrect order because the changes to the Enterprise make it so that an order he would have given perfectly fine in the old Enterprise doesn't really work on the new one. Um, and Decker contradicts him, gives an alternate order that fixes the problem. Afterward, Kirk calls him into his um, into his quarters and says, "What what's going on? Why did why did you contradict me?" And he says, "These are the reasons why." He doesn't say you're an idiot. He doesn't say you shouldn't be in command. He doesn't stomp off like another character might. He just says, this is why. And although, although, there's no anger. Yeah, but... Or, although, well, there's some frustration. There's frustra- frustration. I will say he does have an I told you so moment later in the movie. That, True. That, that I didn't... That that doesn't support the that as, as much where... They're talking about unwarranted, unwarranted risks, and it's actually right after Ilya gets taken. He says, "That's what I define. That's how I define unwarranted." Oh yes, 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 yes. Okay, but it's still controlled. It He's is. not. He there's at no point does he make it. I think that it's easy to kind of create drama by making there an alternate captain. I guess, and he's trying to. Um, make it clear to the crew around them that he should be the one in control. He never does any of that. It's just kind of, well, yeah, maybe we should have done something else, but I don't know. It just, it, it never struck me as him creating massive drama for no real reason. Or as, as many movies kind of end up doing. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah I can go with that. So, so in general though, what do you, uh, what do you, what's your, your kind of final impression of the film? Again, I think that it is an excellent storyline. It was interesting. I liked the idea of V'ger. I always liked the idea of um, artificial intelligence becoming conscious. I wish that it had been sped up a little bit. Instead of just having long pauses and long epic shots, I think a little bit more dialogue or something like that would filling in would have made the whole thing... The pacing was a little off is what I'm saying. Okay. Uh, other than that, I think a really good film. Definitely worthy of the Star Trek name. Yeah, definitely, definitely worthy of that. And I think, obviously, it went a long way towards relaunching Star Trek. But you know, the 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 five subsequent films, mm-hmm. and then you know four subsequent television series plus the other non non original series cast uh, yeah. films. I think you know it went it went leaps and bounds. Uh, towards that and, and really kind of it was a proof of concept is not right because it wasn't really proof of concept but it proved that a Star Trek movie was a viable option yes that's and, a that's a great and, assessment and, and really really paved the way and it also I mean 13 years later that's that's another generation of of Star Trek fans mm-hmm. you know much the same way that you know Star Trek the next generation or other shows you know, introduced people our age to Star Trek. These movies did to people, you know, 15 years older than us or so. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's certainly not my favorite Star Trek movie. Uh, that's a toss up between Wrath of Khan and, and Undiscovered Country. But it's, first of all, it's better than a couple of the others. Mm-hmm. Again, wait till we get to Star Trek five. <laughs> Just wait. You're laughing now. 
I, I'm, I'm laughing out of terror because if I don't, I'll probably cry. Oh, you'll cry. Because like I said, <laughs> I'm going to make you watch that at Shatner interview. <laughs> oh, gosh. So, Tracy, what have you been into lately? Other than uh, my, my forcing Star Trek upon you. Um, well, besides that, I, I did just start Ex Machina. Um, I'm not very far in. I just started it. I'm still reading um, the Brent Weeks book. And it's getting better. At the beginning, I think I mentioned on the last podcast that I have been kind I'm more interested in one of the two storylines than the other. And so I've been skipping um, or skimming at least. And both storylines are really progressing. And so I'm much more interested. Um, and they're starting to combine finally. So I'm starting to see the bigger picture. And that's that's much better. Um, I've been just reading on my lunch break at work and um, my lunch breaks currently keep getting interrupted because I'm learning a new job. And so um, I don't get a ton of time to just concentrate and read, but hopefully that will pick up this this week and I'll be able to finish it. I, I just marathon the Lord of the Rings series. So that was fun. Um, I have to say that I can still quote most of the two towers. My quoting was a little off on fellowship, though. My timing was a little off and I didn't get all the words quite right. So clearly I need to go back on that one. Um, yeah. So that's what I've been doing. What have you been into? Uh, well, once again, I've, I've still been in, in, in pretty heavy shift work at work. So uh, free time is a little, been a little scarce. How behind are you on your comics? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I, no, I, I, we're actually at a point I've lost track of how far behind I am. Oh, wow. Um, th- thankfully, with the digital comics, I can actually catch up pretty quickly because I just have they got them all right in front of me on one little device. Yeah, um, that's awesome. But yeah, I'm oh fuck, I don't know. It, 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 <laughs> it no, it's probably two months. I'm not. It, that's not. That's not an exaggeration. Um, wow. I have started watching uh, The Wire on HBO. Very nice. Yeah, that show's really good. Like really good. Yeah, I've heard amazing things about it. That's one thing that I haven't. Oh, and I did. Um, I did attempt to get into True Detective on HBO. The f- I, I I need to finish the first season. The first season though was so good. I need to finish it, but I haven't watched the second of, season of at True all. Detective. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I got through four. I forced myself through four episodes, and I just didn't like it at all. It just felt like something big would happen at the end of each episode and then the next episode would just drag for most of an hour and then in the last two minutes something big would happen and then you had to wait to... Ugh. I don't know. I, I gave up. See, I, I, I really enjoyed enjoyed it and I don't like Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, he was surprisingly interesting in this. I do have to say, this was a different type of character than I've ever seen I, him play. I also liked the the way they were telling the story in terms of, you know, for a lot of it, a lot of the, the early episodes, it was mostly basically interview slash flashback yeah um, i don't know if that changes later on that might help if that if it kind of stops but it just i don't know I, I may try that again in a little bit but i'm sorry so what else have you been watching besides um, the wire so i was watching justice league for a little while and i kind of haven't been um, mostly just because i wanted something a little different i was on mm-hmm. the wire uh, I finished the first season of The Brink, which is ridiculously funny. Uh, I finished the first season of Ballers, which I was not expecting to like as much as I did. Tracy and I have had this discussion before. I'm not a big, I'm not much of a football fan, and it's all about 
football players and uh, the, basically The Rock plays a, uh, uh, a former football star turned uh, financial manager. Wow. <laughs> I think he, I, I, I know you don't care much for The Rock as an actor, but I think he does a really good job in, in part because I okay. think he understands, you know, being a former entertainer slash athlete. Athlete, yeah. I think I think he, he kind of understands where some of that's coming from. You know, the guys, the young guys who 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 spend all their money and and you know don't understand how they need to manage their finances and things like that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, part of my issue. Oh, I'm going to go off a little bit of a tangent. Part of my issue with a lot of football is, is is a lot of the attitude and stuff behind the scenes. The game itself, I really have no problem with. The game itself can actually be pretty interesting. Um, it's the stuff that goes on behind, you know, on the side or behind the scenes. Understandable. At least, you know, the stuff that makes the news, a lot of it, you kind of really go, these, you know, how are these people like, these aren't good people. They're doing dumb things. They're not necessarily good. They really don't come across as good people. I don't, I don't know them personally, so I can't speak to that. They're not, they're not very good role models. And especially, I don't know, it feels like in the last 10 or 15 years it's gotten really out of control but i understand exactly what you're saying and well, i am a football fan so I, I, I think i think it's actually cyclical because if you remember i think probably back when we were kids there was a the whole thing with with uh, the dallas cowboys and oh, doing yeah. some really ridiculous stuff so i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say that it it's necessarily gotten dramatically worse i think i think it's cyclical and that we're just in a particular cycle but what i liked about ballers is that even the, even when the guys are are fuck ups, they're good people still. They do dumb things, but and they do them for 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 dumb reasons. But but you but they're people you want to like, and people you you when they're doing the, when they're doing something stupid, you want them to stop doing something stupid because you like them. Nice. And, and I think that was that was a, a a really a really nice perspective to take. Yeah, absolutely. That sounds very interesting. I might have to try that. Yeah, um, and like the brink is just stupid funny. It's, <laughs> it's Jack Black, and I'm are not... you still watching Bob's Burgers? No, Becky reached the end of that. Okay. She also started work, so I only I I don't I'm not seeing her every night when when I get home. So. Uh yeah. Uh, I don't think I think don't think there's anything else. I don't think I'm doing. <laughs> Other than work, I don't think I'm doing anything else. <laughs> well, I look forward to uh, having you back. So, whenever work wraps up. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to getting off this, this schedule. Hopefully, we can, uh, I can, I can, I can jump back into some more, uh, some more writing too. So. Yeah, that'll be awesome. All right, folks. Well, if you like what we do, make sure you head on to, head on over to thereforeinggeek.com. Take a look at our podcasts and our blog posts. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash therefore a geek. You can follow us on Twitter at therefore a geek. And Tracy is at Mary Eyes. Mm-hmm. We have an Instagram account, therefore I geek. And you can find this podcast and others like it on iTunes and Stitcher. Make sure you subscribe and leave us a review. So once again, I'm Andrew. And I'm Tracy. And you've been listening to Therefore I Geek.